Man, amen. Yeah, y'all can put it together for the worship team. Come on. They, they ain't done yet, but they, they brought it today. I had long sleeves on. Good thing I had layers. I had to take them off. I'm already breaking a sweat this morning. So uh, excited to be here worshiping with y'all today. My name is Raph. For those I haven't had the pleasure of, of meeting, uh, associate pastor here at Relentless and just grateful to be here with each and every one of you. Uh, we are uh, in a series. I think this is week three of a series called The God Who Still Speaks. Uh, and I want to speak to you today specifically about um, silencing the noise in, in our lives. But before I, I jump into uh, what that looks like and what that means, I thought we'd, uh, we'd do things a little bit differently today. Thank you, sir. Uh, we're going to play a little game. We do this in student ministry all the time, try to kind of uh, get the energy up, lighten the mood. And, and uh, also when I can, I try to connect it to the message. And so uh, the name of this game is called the Whisper Challenge. The Whisper Challenge, I'm going to need a couple of volunteers, a couple of brave souls. Now, it's going to be super easy. One person's going to have the headphones on. Another person is just going to say a phrase that's on the screen. And the person with the headphones that's going to have like loud music playing from my phone is going to have to try and uh, see what that person is saying. All right? So any volunteers? Come on. First service is better. I got one Mark Anthony. Come on up. OK, come on up. Sorry. Yes, let's do this. Round of applause for our brave souls. <laughs> All right, I'm going to set this up. You guys have to figure out who's going to be the one with the headphones on and who's going to be the one saying the word. I'll, I'll say the words. Okay. All right. So, Sarah, you're going to have these headphones on as soon as I can. I should have had these ready. Here we go. <laughs> okay, you can put those on. I'm going to warn you. I'm going to put it up loud, okay? I like that. All right. Okay, so I, got, I think I got Waymaker going on in there. Preview. You all get to hear it later. Okay. All right. Okay, so we're going to have you... Over here, Sarah, I want you to stand this way. You know, turn around. Okay, because you can't see the screen. Okay, so don't look at the screens. Okay, you're good. You're good. <laughs> it's amazing. Okay, let me get a mic so y'all can hear her. Okay, so my man Ray's gonna gonna throw a, a phrase up there, and Mark Anthony, when you see it, you go ahead and mouth it to Sarah. Are right. right, you ready? <laughs> you gotta try and guess what you think it is. Pumpkin spice latte. Promise? <laughs> that was close. Come on, give it one more try. One more try. Pumpkin spice latte. Okay, go ahead and take it off. You can take it off. All right, you wanna see what it was? Pumpkin spice latte. All right, we're gonna try a couple more. Well, I believe in you. I know you got this. <laughs> All right, put them on. We'll do, we'll do a couple more. Okay, next one. Oh, so close, so close. Don't eat moldy bread, so close. We're gonna do one more, one more, just cause this is fun for me. Okay, one more. <laughs> All right, next one. <laughs> I love sweaty armpits. I love sweaty armpits. I love sweaty armpits. <laughs> Twinkies. Twinkies. Oh, round of applause. I love sweaty armpits. Hey, y'all are awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> that is fun. <laughs> so the point being, sometimes it's hard to hear what someone else is saying 
with all the, the noise going around, right? And specifically, I think it's hard for us to hear what God might be wanting to say and speak into our lives with all the, the noise that, that we have going on in our hearts and in our minds and in our, in our souls. And so again, we kicked off this series a couple of weeks ago. Week one, uh, Pastor David told us, hey, God loves you and wants a relationship with you, right? Uh, and because he does, he wants to communicate with you. So John, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his, his one and only son that whoever believes in him, whoever puts their, his, their trust in him, will not perish but have eternal life, okay? And, and so if God loves you enough to send Jesus to the cross for you, then you better believe that he loves you enough to communicate with you, right? And, and so if you are walking with him, you will hear from him. If you're walking from him, you, you, will, you will hear from him, okay? The question is, what's that look like, right? What, what, what does that, that's what we talked about last week. How does God speak to us, okay? And there were four ways, four main ways God communicates to us. Number one is through scripture, through his word, the, the word of God is living and active and breathing. And he speaks directly to our lives from his, his word. Okay, secondly, he speaks through his spirit. Okay, the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, uh, the apostle Paul said in Galatians, since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. The idea being that the, the spirit of God will, will prompt us, will guide us, will lead us. And, and as followers of Jesus, we need to be in tune to his voice to keep in step with that spirit. Okay, and the, the next way uh, that, that God likes to communicate to us is, is through people, through, through other people, right? And this one can get a little tricky because uh, sometimes you can have lots of different people telling you lots of different things. And if you're trying to discern what's of God and what's not of God, and so, so a couple things for that. Number one, let's, let's, if we're gonna seek advice from people, especially if we're, we're looking for godly advice, let's, let's look for it from godly people, right? We all got some people in our lives who are not bad people. I'm not saying nothing bad about them, but they're not the type of people we would take advice from, right? So I'm, I'm probably not going to start with not saying God can't use them, but look for godly people. Don't look for people who are just going to tell you what you want to hear. You already have your mind made up and someone's going to affirm that. No, that's not of God, okay? So, so look for, for godly people who will, who will give you good advice. But, but on top of that, uh, how do I know even that's from God? It might be good, but is it from God? Match it up against scripture, Okay, that's why we have, we have, there's an order there. We got God's word, we got scripture, we have God's spirit. So God, in your spirit, God, speak to me, tell me, is this of you or is it not? Let me match it up against scripture. It doesn't line up with God's word. If it doesn't, it's probably not from him, right? Last way God speaks to us that we talked about last week was circumstances. God can and will uh, open doors and close doors and meet us in our circumstances. Life is not this random string of moments put together. There is a God who is in control, and he is in control of our circumstances as well. So, so yes, God still speaks, and he does it through his word, through his spirit, through people and circumstances. circumstances. And something that uh, David said last week that, that I thought was so good is that God doesn't, God doesn't speak to me because I'm a pastor, okay? I need y'all to understand that. I need you to get that in your spirit. God speaks to me because I am his son, Amen. and he loves me. God is a good, good father, and he loves you, and he communicates to you because you are his sons, and you are his daughters, okay? And so, so, so it's important that we understand that right, right up front today. So what if uh, I've gotten this far, right? I'm, I'm with you so far. I believe God speaks, I'm walking with Jesus to the best of my ability. Uh, I am reading scripture. I'm trying to keep in step with the spirit. I've got godly people in my life that I trust and I'm looking for God in my circumstances. But for whatever reason, I still can't hear him. I still can't hear him, right? What, what's that about? Why is that? What, 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 what do I do? What happens then, right? If I can't make heads or tails of my circumstances and everybody like we talked about is telling me different, different things, 
and I just can't sense the spirit in my life right now. And I am reading scripture. I'm in the Bible, but God's not speaking to me through it. I don't hear anything because I've, I've been there before. I've had seasons like that in, in my life where I, I wanted and I, I desperately needed to hear from God. But for whatever reason, I just, I just couldn't. Could it be, is it, is it that God stopped communicating or, or could it be that we just can't hear him over all the other noise in our lives? Uh, I use this illustration in, in first service. I'll, I'll say this, it just, this is just a detour. I'm not saying the marriage, marriage message, but I just wanted to talk about marriage for a second. Young people and, and single people, when you get uh, married, and, and God says, scripture says the two become one, and there's a whole lot of things that that means and what, how that manifests itself. But one of the ways in my house is that when my wife loses something, it means I lose something. <laughs> So, for instance, she loses her glasses, and we put the kids to bed, and then we sit down to watch television. Well, I can't sit down and enjoy a show until she finds her glasses so that she can sit down and enjoy the show, too, okay? And, and, and so uh, that's just part of, of us becoming one. Now, more often than not, uh, it's, it's her cell phone that goes missing, okay? And, and this is fun because it's not just me who has to help look, but the whole family gets enlisted, and it becomes a game, and it's like, let's hunt for mommy's phone, okay? But, but the way this game has to be played is complete silence, right? So we can hear the phone. Because the ringer's not on, that would be too easy, right? So, so the ringer's off, it's on vibrate, and where I'm just praying it's on like a hard surface so I can maybe hear a vibration or something, but it's like, oh, shh, don't make it, everyone be quiet, be silent, kids are on their hands and knees searching for mommy's phone. If it goes for long enough, she'll start offering money. First one who finds mom's phone gets a dollar, right? But it's like complete silence until we find this phone. God kind of brought me to that illustration this week because uh, I, was, I was thinking, man, how badly do we want to hear from God? Right? How important is it to us? Is, is, is it important enough to us? Is he important enough to us that we'll do whatever it takes to hear him? Silence all the other noise. In 1 Kings chapter 19, God revealed himself to the prophet Elijah, not in an earthquake, not in a fire, but in a whisper, a gentle whisper. So when I say noise, it's important we, uh, we're all kind of on the same wavelength today. Um, I want you to know we're not talking about literal sound that you can block out with earplugs, okay? Uh, however, uh, if your life is anything like mine, there's a whole lot of that noise too, right? Tons and tons of like kid, five kids running around the house screaming and playing. You don't know if like, was that, a, was that a good scream or a bad scream? Are they crying or enjoying themselves? Like, I don't even care at this point. It's so loud, I can't hear myself think. I, 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 oftentimes my wife hates this, but I will, when the noise gets too much, I will block out that noise with my own noise and I'll take out my earbuds and put them in and just start playing a podcast or worship music or whatever it is. But like now it's like, I don't know what's going on and I don't care. Now I got to justify it. So it's usually when I'm like making dinner or like, you know, trying to do something, you know, productive that's like for the family. So I got, you know, it's, it's allowed, right? But I'm blocking out the noise. I'm drowning out their noise with more of my own noise, which um, well, it's not the healthiest thing. We'll, 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 we'll get into more of that, that later, but that's not the noise I'm talking about right now. Okay, uh, when I say we need to silence the noise, I'm talking about anything that keeps the heart and the mind in a constant state of going and doing instead of waiting and being. Okay, that's the type of noise I'm talking about. We live in a world today that places a high value on productivity, right? And therefore, uh, we feel pressure to fill our days from top to bottom, from beginning to end with as much Noise, the noise of work and tasks and responsibilities and to-do lists and people and information and so on and so on, as much as we possibly can. 
right? And, and, and uh, I'm talking about the kind of noise that, that keeps our minds and our emotions constantly going, so busy that there's no space for real communication, real communion with God. Okay, again, work, to-do lists, chores, bills, responsibilities at, at home, at church, at school, family calendars, interactions with children, right? The people in our lives who need investing, okay? Our, our family, our friends, meetings, phone calls, text messages, email, social media communication. Then we got the information that we're constantly ingesting and pouring into our hearts and our, and our minds. Social media feeds, Facebook, Twitter, news, right? Constant notifications, uh, um, articles, books, documentaries, a Google, online research. We haven't even gotten to entertainment yet. Sports, movies, television, YouTube videos, books, video games, scrolling through the countless apps on your phone, right? And, 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 and listen, hear me, when I say these things, these are not bad things in and of themselves. In fact, most of them uh, are necessary. Many of them even honor God, okay? So it's not, the problem isn't that these things are in our life, but rather how much of them are in our lives. It's, it's the sheer number, right? The sheer, the sheer number of things that we allow to consume our lives that can ultimately squeeze God out. And if we're not careful before we realize it, weeks or, or months can go by without experiencing even one moment of actual silence in a day. And the question becomes, how can we expect to hear from God if we don't ever give him the time or the space to speak? You might think, well, he's God. Can't he break through all that noise? Isn't he bigger, stronger, louder, more powerful than any of the other things in our life that can possibly distract us from him? Why didn't, he just, why didn't he just grab our attention and tell us whatever it is he has to say? And the truth is, yes, he is, and yes, he can, and sometimes he does, okay? But what God ultimately wants, remember, is a loving relationship, right? He instructs us through his son, Jesus. We get, he invites us to call him Abba, Father. Abba, Father, the most intimate, loving relationship you can possibly imagine. God makes available to us. He says, that's what I want from you. Right? My sheep hear my voice. I want close intimacy. And, 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 and again, as we learned earlier in this series, relationship with God starts with surrender. He doesn't want to have to force his way into every area of your life. He wants you to willingly hand it over to him and trust him with it. Trust him completely with every part of your life. All the noise you got going on. He says, I'm not scared of it. Bring it, bring it, bring it to me. I think that's part of what God was trying to communicate to Elijah in, uh, in 1 Kings chapter 19 when he, when he spoke to him in that gentle whisper. Okay, Elijah had the same mindset that, that God only communicated through these grand gestures or, or extreme measures. So just, just to give you some context, we're going to be in uh, 1 Kings 19 verses 11 and 12, but uh, I got to tell you what happens leading up to that. So in 1 Kings 18, the prophet Elijah, who is God's prophet, is messenger to his people on earth, okay, in Israel. Um, the, the people of Israel had kind of turned, turned from God to, to uh, the false god. Uh, his name was Baal, B-A-A-L, right? And so there's tons of prophets of Baal. There's about 450 of them, and they all served the queen, <clears throat> and they worshiped the same god. Um, and, and, and Elijah, is, is, he's wanting revival. He's wanting the people to turn back to the one true God. And so he decides, all right, we're going to have a showdown. We're going to build, I challenge y'all, we're going to build two altars, one for your God, one for mine. We're going to, we're going to prepare a sacrifice of a bull, and, and we're going to ask God to show up. And if your God is the one true God, if he's real, he'll, he'll burn, he'll, he'll send fire and burn that offering right up himself. And if it's my God's the one true God, then he'll do that. 
And so the, the, the prophets of Baal are like, yes, bet, let's do this, okay? So they prepare the, the altars, and, and 450 prophets of Baal, they start first thing in the morning. I mean, they're they are worshiping, they're praying, they're, they're send them, send the fire, send the fire. All the way to lunchtime, nothing happens. Lunch till dinner time, nothing happens. All the way into late in the evening, nothing happens. Finally, uh, Elijah's over here just mocking them, like, y'all done, you ready? How much more time do you need? And finally, he's like, all right, my turn. And, and he says, before he does anything, he has his servants come. They douse just water all over the altar, okay? Just make it as hard as possible for, for this thing to actually burn up. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to pray to my God. And he says, God, please answer me with fire. Send the fire. Of course, God shows up and he does. Burns the, burns the offering right up, right? And right there, I think Elijah's thinking, I think many of us are expecting, yes, right there. Here comes revival. All the people's hearts are turned towards God. He is the one true God. Happy ending. And Elijah probably thinks, yeah, and I'm going to be the hero, right? But, but that's, not, that's not really what happens. Instead, Queen Jezebel gets mad, threatens his life, says, I'm going to kill you just like I killed all of God's other prophets. Elijah gets scared, runs, goes on the run, and he, he ends up, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's worried for his life. He ends up at one point even praying, <laughs> I, I, take my life. I don't want to live anymore. Uh, we find him uh, in, in the beginning of 1 Kings 19. He's under a tree, and God meets him there in and, 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 and a dream and says, get up, God, his spirit. Get up and eat and rest. And so he gets up and eats and he rests. Get up again a second time, eat and rest. He eats and he rests. And then God, through his spirit, leads him to this mountain. And that's where we pick up in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 11. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? So Elijah, like, like many others, okay, probably only looked for God to show up in these big dramatic manifestations of God, these big mountaintop moments. And, and, and here God, merely with a, a, a gentle whisper, forces Elijah to think differently about his circumstances, but also about his relationship with God. I think there's two things I, I, that, that God wants us to, to know, two things I, I, I want you to point out to you uh, about God's whisper, okay? Number one, God's whisper forces us to silence the noise. God's whisper forces us to silence the noise. Notice, before God speaks to Elijah in a whisper, he makes sure to show where he is not, okay? He was not in, the Lord was not in the wind, the Lord was not in the earthquake. The Lord was not in the fire. Remember, Elijah used to God showing up with fire, right? He wasn't in the fire. He was in the gentle whisper. From time to time in scripture, we see God move in these big dramatic ways, these, these mountaintop moments, like I said, okay? However, those are really the exceptions. More often than not, when, when, when God's presence shows up, it comes like a gentle whisper. And so it's important for us to understand that the dramatic mountaintop events that we see in scripture that we may have even had in our, in our own lives, they are not the norm. Yes, they can happen, okay? They do happen, they have happened, and they will continue, okay? But, but for the most part, okay, most of the time there is a calm, reassuring sense of God's presence that you carry with you day to day, from season to season, no matter what you're going through, okay? That's how God shows up. For his, for his people. There will be moments where you sense it greater 
than, than, than some others, okay? But for the most part, it's a steady and consistent, like a gentle whisper, the presence of God with you, okay? This is how God communicates to us. But if we want to hear it, we've got to silence the noise. We've got to silence the noise. I mentioned earlier how... Um, I like to drown out the, the noise in my house with my own noise. Uh, if I'm being honest, completely honest, I'm, I'm sometimes I'm addicted to noise, I would say. I don't, I don't like, it makes me uncomfortable to sit in silence with my own thoughts and my own whatever, like heart and feelings, all that. Like I just, I, so, so I put on noise, whether it's even worship music, a podcast, uh, whatever. I'm also, I'm also, I, I'm wired to like produce. Like I like to, I like to get things done and, 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 and uh, justify things by, by saying I'm being productive and, and making things happen. And especially in my line of work as a, as a pastor, man, I, I can do that. I can say, hey, God, I, I got to do X, Y, and Z. I got to meet with these people. I got to listen to this podcast and educate myself so I can get into this meeting and I got to just constantly keep going, but I'm doing it in the name of, uh, of the Lord, right? I'm doing it. It's God's work. I'm doing it for you. And so I'm staying busy for you and I'm trying to maximize my, my, the most of my time for, for, for God, right? And, and he kind of just, he, he put his finger on, like just convicting me in, the, in, the, uh, in a loving way this week, but it was like, hey, you know what? Um, you're not, not only are you addicted to noise, you're not good at creating space and, and sitting in silence and waiting on me, but there's a difference. There's a real difference on the weeks that you're preaching and the weeks that you're not preaching. You're so much better when you're preaching at sitting and listening and, and wanting to receive from me. And as soon as you're not, it's a, it's, a, it's a different story. And it's true. If I were to look at my life, it's like two different, two completely different things, right? And, and, and it makes sense, I'll be honest with you, because I don't ever want to come out here on a Sunday that I'm preaching and, and, and speak to you with my own wisdom and from my own heart. Or like, like I need, if God doesn't speak to me, if he doesn't speak to us, like if it's just me out here, you're in trouble and I'm in trouble. <laughs> I can't, I can't just, I need him for that. So, so I spend dedicated time on the weeks when I'm preaching, like just sitting and listening, God speak to me, give me something, talk through your word, right? I'm praying and I'm listening and I'm reading the word and I'm, right? And, and, and um, I guess what God was speaking to me is, hey, look, it doesn't have to be, you know, I don't want y'all to think it's, oh, it's hours of week. I'm telling you, you just got to sit and listen for God to speak and put everything else on hold. It's just, no, create some dedicated time and space and be intentional about I want to listen to you today, God. And God was saying, hey, you need to hear from me as much when you're, when you're, when you're loving your wife and leading your kids or, 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 or being a neighbor or, or uh, mentoring a student or anything else that you might try to do in your own strength on a normal week. You need to listen and hear and receive from me just as much as you do when you're standing on stage and proclaiming my work. And again, I, what I want y'all to understand is that's, that's not just for me. If we're not receiving from God, if we're not listening and waiting and allowing him to speak to our spirit and, and lead us and guide us, we're not the fathers, the husbands, the sisters, the mothers, the friends, the neighbors, the, the employees, the bosses, the leaders that he's calling us to be. God's, God's whisper forces us to, to silence the noise. And, and uh, again, he speaks through his word, right? And so he kind of led me to this, this, this scripture. Um, just kind of dropped it in my spirit. I didn't even know where it came from, but it was like, not by, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. I'm like, I know that's in the Bible. I just don't know where. And so I look it up. It's Zechariah 4.6, right? And, and, and God says, so, so he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Now, Zerubbabel was a civic leader in Jerusalem, and he had the responsibility of finishing the work of rebuilding the temple. 
after it had been destroyed. Okay, God says, hey, I choose you. I'm going to rebuild this temple. It's this enormous effort, this huge task, and, 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 and the work had stalled. And Zerubbabel's like, I can't do this. It's too big for me. I can't get enough help. It's, it's, there. it's not organized. Like, I just, I can't. This is not going to happen. He's freaking out, and he's discouraged. And God kind of sends Zechariah to, 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 to encourage him, okay? And, and so he says, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. Might focuses on the collective strength, okay, the resources of a, of a group or an army. Uh, power focuses on individual strength. And so God's saying, hey, it's not by the resources of the many or the one. It's, it's, it's not, but by my spirit, okay? It's not by your cleverness, your ability, your talent, your own power or physical strength that this temple will be rebuilt, but by the spirit of God and the spirit of God alone. So, so, when we trust in our own resources, whether they be great or small by the world standards, right? Whether you got a little bit or a lot, when you're trusting in your own resources, whenever we trust in our own strength, our own ability, our own power, what we do is we don't enjoy the full power of the Holy Spirit. We're shortchanging the Spirit of God. I don't know about y'all, but I never want to go out there on my best day when I have it all together. I still don't want to be out there on my own Without, this, without the full weight and power of God behind what I'm doing, right? And, and, and so, so he says, don't rest in your own strength, in your own power. God cuts through the noise of Elijah's mind and he whispers to his heart, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? Almost as if to say, you're acting like this thing depends on you, but it's my spirit in you that will accomplish the things I've called you to do. So silence the noise, and trust in me. Seek my face. Trust me. God's whisper forces us to silence the noise. The second thing it does, God's whisper reminds us that he's close. God's whisper reminds us that he's, that he's close. Now, if I didn't have a microphone on, and my friend's all the way in the back of the room, and I just started whispering, and I was like, hey, I love you, and God loves you, and that's right now I'm talking to you but you can't hear me because I'm whispering. But if I went real, real close to my friend David and leaned in, I won't do this because I don't want to get him sick. But I'm like whispering in his ear. That's how he hears, right? When you whisper, by definition, the only way people hear you is if they're close, right? God whispers so that Elijah understands, so that we would know that he is close, that he's close. Remember, God is about relationship, right? Relationship over religion. His, his presence over the promise, Elijah's expectations weren't met after that mountaintop moment. Again, I think he thought, he thought revival was coming for Israel. He thought his enemies would be defeated. He thought maybe he was going to be the champion and the hero of the day, okay? And instead, he had to run for his life. He was depressed. He was discouraged. He was on the run. God finds him and meets him right there. He feeds him. He gives him rest. He restores him. He brings him to this mountain, and he proceeds to communicate to Elijah with a gentle whisper. And it's this incredible reminder that God is a personal God, that he's close, that he loves us, that he's close and he always has been, always will be. There's never been a day that he hasn't been by your side. There's never been a moment, an experience, a thing that you've gone through that God wasn't holding your hand through. He's close, he's personal, and he loves you. God's whisper reminds us that he's close. And it requires us to silence the noise in our lives and in our hearts so that we can make room for him. This is what it looks like to be in a relationship with God, where, where, 
we, not only can we talk to him, he welcomes that. He loves that, right? David talked about how we, this last couple months, we've taken on this initiative. We are becoming a praying church. Man, praying, pouring our, heart, our hearts out to God, God loves that. He honors that, man. We, and, 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 and again, uh, last Thursday, Thursday night, I was here, room about this size full of people just, just seeking God on behalf of one another, on behalf of our church. Man, just people, bold people who, by God's spirit, got up out of the seats you're sitting in and came up and sat in chairs up front so that brothers and sisters can put their hands on them and pray for them out loud and chains are being broken and God is moving and, 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 and he, hears, he hears and he's moving on our behalf, okay? So that's, prayer is a huge deal. Us communicating to God is a huge part of this thing, but we can't leave out the other part, which is where we create space to intentionally sit and wait and listen for God. When I think about that, when I, I think about examples in scripture, um, King David always comes to mind, especially in the Psalms, okay? Uh, he stands out because David was always pouring his heart out to God, right? He was constantly seeking God, crying out to him. He never held back his emotions, what he was going through. He was so honest in his prayers uh, throughout all the Psalms, but he was also intentional about silencing the noise and making space to listen for God. And I want to show you one example, Psalms um, Psalm number uh, 62, verses 1 and 2. This is King David. He said, For God alone, my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. The the, the emphasis in this line is, is of surrendered silence before God and God alone. In many of the Psalms, David begins by, by telling God his needs, by crying out for, for, for help, by describing his present crisis, which is fine, right? We just talked about that. God loves that. He don't, he, that doesn't bother him at all. But I love this Psalm because it starts out with David just intentionally being, being super intentional, okay, about his declaring his great confidence in God, okay, his trust in God. He alone is my rock and my salvation, David trusted in God alone for his strength and his stability. This is a a description of a man who is completely focused upon God for his help and determined not to look anywhere else, not to the right, not to the left, not to myself, God and God alone. He would go on in verses three and four to start complaining about his circumstances, about his enemies and about what he was going on, right? And and, and I'm just kind of skipping through those to get back to verse five. He comes back to this, for God alone, comma, Oh, my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. For my hope is from him. So I, I just want to point out that, that, again, in the opening lines of this psalm, David is proclaiming that, that this, is, this, is, this was the state of his soul. This is where he was at. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. This is who I am. I'm waiting on God. I'm trusting he's going to speak. I'm trusting he's going to show up. I've silenced everything. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. And then... He remembers his enemies, and he remembers his circumstances, and it's almost as if he can feel the, the noise start to rise up in his heart and in his, in his mind, and instantly, man, the spirit prompts him to speak directly to his own soul and tell it to remain in that place of trust and surrender before God, right? For the noise starts coming, and that happens to all of us, but he's like, no, 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 I can see that. I can recognize it because I'm spending time with God. The spirit's speaking to me, and his word speaks to me, and so I know when the noise starts to rise up, I need to shout back, for God alone, oh, my soul, for God alone, my soul waits in silence. He's encouraging himself. He's reminding himself, man, 
encouraging his own soul. Don't get distracted. Don't take your eyes off of him. Don't tune back into that noise. Don't try to do this on your own. As if he's urging his soul to be still. Wait on God. Wait on God. Why? For my hope is from him. For my hope is from him. David's complete expectation. All of his hope was upon God and God alone. And he assures himself of this by repeating the lines over and over again from earlier. David's reminding himself that this was true and he wanted to remain true. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. David's hope in God presents itself in the form of silent, expectant waiting. I love that. Not only does he create the space and the, and the silence, silence is the noise so that he can hear from God, but he's waiting expectantly. He's waiting full of hope. He knows God's going to show up. He knows God's going to meet him there. It's beautiful. Why is silence important in seeking God? Silence is a ceasing from speaking and a fasting from activity, a fasting from doing. And like any other fast, the goal is simply more of God, to experience more of God. If you've ever fasted from a meal or or from food or or drink, or maybe it was social media, whatever it is, the whole idea behind fasting is, is, man, I'm going to abstain from this thing. And every time my heart or my mind or I'm tempted to go towards that thing, I put that attention, I redirect it back towards God. It's it's to experience more of God. That's That's why we fast. Right? And so just like quieting a room, silencing a room so that you can hear a vibrating cell phone, from time to time, we need to quiet our lives and silence our souls to hear from God through his word and, and by his spirit. But before you can do that, before you can silence the noise, first you got to recognize it. Right? Creating silence involves knowing what makes the most noise in your life. And your season of life, your circumstance, your job, your family situation will greatly determine what is crowding your mind the most. Right? And, and so, uh, listen, that's, that could look different for all of us. Right? And I'm going to trust God, I'm going to trust the Spirit to, to, con- to convict you of that, to convey that to you. He's, he's been doing it to me. But I will say, I think there are probably some things that we have in common, some things that might be true for most of us, at least. We could probably start here. Right? can shut this thing off for a dedicated amount of time, put it in a box, throw it out the window. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But seriously, the, 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 the temptation to constantly like, you know, it's not even ringing, but I just, I thought it might, or it might again, you know what I mean? Like it's, it, it, it doesn't allow us to rest our, our, our souls and our minds. Be quiet before God. For others, and again, I'm not throwing stones, man. I'm speaking from my own life and circumstance. I would say um, in the Gonzalez household, sometimes we become slaves to our schedule, right? And what that means, the schedule, the calendar now determines who we are and how we live and what we do and what we, rather than us determining by God, from God, through God, putting him first, what is worthy of the calendar? The calendar runs us instead of us running it, right? And, and that's something he's convicted me of, right? And what that means, if we really want to step into that is, hey, we might have to say no to some good things, things that we like, things that we enjoy, things that in and of themselves might be good so that we can say yes to the best thing, which is investing in our relationship with God. Now, I know that's not always possible, right? If I'm sitting here 
10 years ago, skeptical raft sitting in the seat hearing the same message. I'm going, yeah, but are you going to pay my bills? Are you going to, I got this meeting, that to go on. I got these kids, got to go here and there, I got all this. And I start thinking about all the reasons why I can't do this, right? And, and please hear me say, I know it is not always possible to turn off all the noise that we would like to. But there is usually something we can do. There's usually something we can do to to make time and create space for our souls to silently wait on the Lord. For me, I'll tell you what, (laughs) um, what was the Super Bowl? It was a couple weeks ago, right? I'm a huge NFL football fan. Season's over now, right? It's been over for a few weeks. You think, I'm not even thinking about it anymore. But if you were to ask me who's coaching what team, what new, what new offensive coordinator got hired over here, what defensive coordinator got hired over there, what teams have the most cap space so they can get the most players, who are the best players in the draft, and who are the Patriots looking at, and who the, I might even become a Panthers fan, so I've been researching them a lot. Like, just come on, man. So, like, all this stuff, they're doing some good things. But I have so much knowledge of information in my head about the NFL, and it's not even football season. Y'all might think, I think that I'm a, I'm a NFL GM and not a pastor, okay? Because I love it so much and I'm passionate about it and and, and I want to keep feeding it to myself. And so I know there's areas in my life where I can make room to be silent before God. And I'm just just posing it to to y'all. This is a challenge. As I invite the worship team to come on up and they're going to close us out in an amazing song called Waymaker. But as they they come up and get ready, I just, I want to challenge y'all the same way God has challenged me to create space in your life, in your heart, regularly, to make this a practice. I think, uh, I'd say, what's that look like? I don't know, start with a few minutes. I was gonna say start with five. If you can do that, do that. We've, one time, uh, we sat still as part of the message. I think, I think David said like 60 seconds, just sit in silence and it felt like an eternity, right? So if that's you, man, I get that. How about Monday, you start with one minute, just dead silence before God. Tuesday, do two. Wednesday's three, Thursday. By the time you get to Friday, five minutes, right? You might get to the point, I believe this, that that God will meet you there. You might get to the point eventually where you're not counting time anymore. It doesn't matter. I do this regularly and I enjoy it and I carve time out for it because God meets me there. But I'm just, I'm challenging you. You do not, listen, don't make the mistake of thinking that you're too busy to sit and wait silently for God to speak because the reality is you're too busy not to. You're too busy not to. And there's so, the, the, the stakes are so high and there's so much going on and you can't be the, the, the mother, the father, the husband, the wife, the leader, the brother, the sister, the child of God that he is calling you to be, to his image bearer, to represent in this world. You cannot do it on your own. You cannot accomplish all these things without him. And so, so really it's the best thing we can do. It's, I'm, I'm, God has challenged me. I'm trying to step into it. And I think we as a church can do that. I'm inviting you to do it with me. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your love, for your grace, for loving us, for choosing us. Ah, thank you that you're for us, that there's never been a day you haven't been by our side. God, that even when we, when we try to crowd you out with all the noise, Lord, whether it's intentional or unintentional, that, that, that you've never gone anywhere, that you are relentless in your love for us and seeking us. God, I just pray now that you would help us. God, as you convict us 
to, to become a praying church, as you convict us to spend more time in communication and relationship with you, God. I just pray you would help us to find whatever, whatever way, whatever rhythm, whatever methods we need to create the space to sit silently before you, God. I want, I want David's prayer to become my prayer, God. My soul silently waits for you. God, expectantly, full of hope, knowing you're going to meet me there. God, this is who we are. This is who we want to be. Oh, my soul, wait silently for the Lord. God, I just pray that would be true for all of us this week. We love you and we need you in Jesus' name. Amen.